This is episode 22 of the Prepper Website Podcast. In today's episode, we are looking at how to build your own solar-powered cooking device, the importance of comfort items during stressful times, and eight must-follow rules for concealed carry. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily aggregator of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. So let's go ahead and get started. This first article comes to us from Survival Sullivan. And uh, like I said, it's how to build your own solar-powered cooking device. And I'm really bouncing off of yesterday's article about the, you know, the different cooking methods and uh, I think there's some good, uh, definitely you're going to want to visit this, this article. You want to visit this website. And because uh, there's a lot of, there's some videos and some great ideas. And, uh, you know, do you know when you pass by a neighborhood or you, you're, you're looking at houses, I don't know why. I have this, this, uh, this thing where I, I look at roofs. I don't know why. I guess I'm looking for solar panels. And I've actually seen a lot of uh, roofs in, in, around the neighborhood with solar panels on there. But you also see those uh, satellite TVs in those dishes. And sometimes you see houses with two of them on there. And I guess it's just kind of like people will bounce off. They'll go to satellite. They'll go to cable. And it's kind of whichever deal is better. And uh, so there's this, there's this video on here that actually shows you how to do a parabolic cooker, solar cooker, with uh, or using one of those uh one of those satellite dishes that are just kind of like laying around and so they're easy to find so there's some good information in this article so let's go ahead and get started on this one most of us take for granted the fact that if we want to cook for cook something for dinner we just go into the kitchen and turn on the stove however if there's ever an shtf situation that may no longer be an option but it doesn't have to be that severe of a situation to need or want to cook with solar power so let's look at the brighter side of the situation. See what I did there? Why a solar cooker? One reason for a need one reason for needing to use a solar powered cooking device is if you're homesteading and living off the grid, or you could simply be one of the many families who enjoy a nice barbecued backyard barbecue or cookout. While most use a gas or charcoal grill, a solar cooker is another alternative. These staples of backyard cooking are fine and dandy, but they sure can pollute. If you are environmentally conscious, you may want to use a solar cooker just for that reason alone. Camping with a solar cooker. Another good reason for using a solar cooker could be when you go camping. You want to spend your time enjoying the outdoors, not cooking. A solar cooker pretty much does it for you. Since it can take quite some time for the food to cook with solar power, you can set up the cooker and get the food going, then play horseshoes, badminton, croquet, archery, target shooting, swimming, or any other family fun activity while the burgers cook. Man, it sure is hot today. So many of you may have heard the expression, it's hot enough to fry an egg on the sidewalk. Well, while that may not be entirely untrue on some occasions, that's not quite exactly how we are going to cook with the sun. Although one of the methods isn't too far off from that principle. Using the sun as a tool to cook. Just how will we cook with the sun, you ask? Well, let's take a look at several possible ways to do just that. Consider this. Many of us have opened our car doors on a hot summer day to find the interior unbearably hot. 
Well, it is by this method that you can make one type of solar cooker a solar oven. The solar oven. One method of cooking with the sun is to make a solar oven. This is simply an airtight box painted black on the outside and the interior side walls covered with an insulated reflective material called Silatex. These are silver foil faced foam sheets sold at building supply companies. That would be ideal, but, but the inside walls. I think, it meant, I think it was supposed to say that would be ideal for the inside walls. So start with the reflective metal. The inside wall simply painted black will work too, though not as well. There is special Silatex foil tape for sealing the edges as well. You could also line the walls with aluminum foil or any other reflective material. Dozens of cut and flattened soda pop cans, for example. The, br the brighter, the better. Just look around and see what you have to work with. Remember, the most important tool in your survival arsenal is your brain. Paint it black. The inside bottom of the solar oven should also be painted black and a rack to raise the cooking vessel an inch or two off the bottom is ideal. So uh, again, there are graphics and links that you want to uh, check out when you go visit this article. So let it shine. The front of the solar oven should have a glass covered through which the sun can shine. A repurposed single pane home window is excellent for this. Author's note. Do not use a double pane window as the heat will be trapped between the panes and not go into the box. The front of the box should be angled at about 45 degrees in order to catch the sun better. There should be a gasket to seal the cover and the cover should latch in place so that the pressure from the heat can't break the seal and allow heat to escape. Finish touches on your solar oven build. You can also utilize movable reflectors on the outside to help direct sunlight into the box. The vessel in which the food is placed should seal tightly and ideally the outside of it should be black as well. Here's a video that shows a similar device. So there's a video here you can check out. A parabolic roaster. Another method of cooking with the sun is with a parabolic roaster. This method of solar cooking is similar to spit roasting over an open fire. But instead of a wood fire under the meat, you have a concentrated sunbeam heating the meat or cooking vessel. With this method, you can have the meat being directly acted upon by the sunbeam. Uh, there's a lot of uh, small titles here, subtitles. I'm not going to read all of these because it's just it kind of breaks it up too much, I think. Uh, a parabolic hood or umbrella shape is made and mounted into a rack so that the parabolic hood can be adjusted to best catch the sun rays. It will have to be tended to, to in order to maintain maximum effectiveness. Also attached to the same rack is a mount for either a spit for the meat to be on or a bracket mount to hold a frying pan or cooking pot that is positioned to the focal point of the hood. At this point it is now just a matter of keeping the parabolic hood positioned so that it, it catches the sun. This type of solar cooker is available for sale, but you can build your own by several methods. One way would be to repurpose an old satellite dish. These dishes already have a bracket holding a device in the focal point of the dish so it is easily converted to hold the food or cooking pot. The inside of the dish can be lined by using reflective material such as foil tape until the entire inner surface of the dish is covered. Here are two videos showing how to make a parabolic cooker from a satellite dish and showing it in use. Um, so you can uh, 
watch definitely the video. There's, the, there's one video showing you how to do it, and then there's another video actually uh, in use. And so I think it's pretty uh, a pretty neat uh, deal there, and it doesn't look like it's that difficult to make. Um, and then there's another video where uh, it's a store-bought parabolic uh, uh, solar cooker in action. And it's pretty big, uh, a pretty big deal there. So I don't know what that would have run. Uh, I've never actually checked one of those out myself. Uh, but it's very, very interesting here on, on those parabolic cookers. And the fact that you can make one pretty easily, I think that's something uh, that's, you know, one of those weekend DIY projects everyone should, should be looking into. Alright, so there is another style of cooker that utilizes a tube and a reflector. The tube has a handle and a slide-out tray that can hold several pounds of meat. You can cook chicken parts easily as well as strips of beef and pork as long as it fits in the tray you can cook it. The best feature about this type of cooker is the small area that has to be heated rather than a large open area with a cooking pot in the space in the tube cooker is minimized. This helps the space to become heated faster and hotter. The manufacturer of the commercial version says in the video shown below that it can cook up to 3 pounds of meat as quickly as 20 minutes and can reach temperatures up to 700 degrees Fahrenheit. Now that's a little beast. You can easily make your own version of this with a reflector shield, a tube, and a tray all made from whatever material you have on hand. You can make the reflector from cardboard or wood with reflective foil tape over it or from sheet metal that you can polish to a shine. The tube could, could be made from vegetable cans with both ends cut off, cleaned of course, and attached together by making tabs and slots in opposing cans and clicking them together. Another method would be to roll sheet metal over a mandrel or a wooden form or vegetable cans or a fence post, anything that is round. To close the tube you could use the single hem edge joining method like using in HVAC ductwork to close the tube. Uh, author's note: The bonus of making your own is just is you can adjust the size, bigger or smaller. You can even make one small enough to fit in your bob from a vegetable can that could cook a single serving of meat or whatever you can fit in the can. Here's a vid video showing you the tube style cooker in action. Okay, so we're not really having cocktails, but we can have drinks. In this case, keeping up with the cooking with the sun theme, I bring you a favorite from the south, sun tea. To make authentic sun tea, you simply take a clear vessel with a lid, put clean water in it, and then put your tea bags in it, or whatever else you want to make a beverage from. I'm sure it will work with coffee or pine needles just the same, then enjoy. Remember, necessity is the mother of invention. When a human being sees a problem, they use their analytical brain and reason to solve the problem. If you have a problem, look around you. The answer is usually there to be seen. You just have to think outside the box sometimes. All right, so definitely I, I know, you know, the article that we read yesterday, um, the, the solar tube, you know, they talked about the solar tube. They didn't have to, they, there wasn't a lot of sun needed, and even in overcast situation, it, it cooked. You know, most of these others, you're going, you're going to need the sun to, uh, to direct the rays, but it works, and that is an option out there. Uh, you know, I know I, I talked about it a little bit yesterday. We ran up to the country um, 
this last Saturday, and uh, the, you know we have big open spaces where it's easy to go put uh, a solar oven. So if you've got a solar oven, and I've done a review on the Solovore oven, I'll link to that one. I mean, it, it, they they do work. I mean, it works, and you can kind of set it. And uh, you know, I hate to hate to use that that term, but set it and forget it. Really. Uh, you know, just as long as every once in a while you're paying attention that that it's still in the sun, um, but you don't want that to be your only option because if the, if you have days of of you know storms or cloudy days and you don't get a lot of sun, uh, when I was doing my solar oven review, I had the sun in the morning time and then I lost the sun behind the clouds and then I didn't have. Uh, or it, it didn't finish cooking. So uh, in something like that, it would always be good to you start. You know, if you start your cooking, always have a backup. And so that, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But definitely cooking with the sun uh, and making your own. You can make your own. You can buy some. I think it's definitely an important option to have. All right. So let's go ahead and go to the next article. The next article comes to us from the Organic Prepper. And again, the title is The Importance of Comfort Items During Stressful Times. So let's go ahead and read this one. Lots of parents have horror stories about frantically trying to replace comfort items like a blanket or stuffed animal without their little ones noticing. Just having that familiar item can help children fall asleep, relax, and be a lot calmer in just about any situation. But comfort items aren't just for toddlers. Sure, as adults or teens, we probably won't lay on the floor of Target and pitch a hairy canary fit, but grown-ups like things that give us warm, fuzzy feelings too. Some people are anxious by nature, and this tendency will escalate in an emergency. Certain items can be very important and, well, comforting in times when nothing else is certain. A favorite item, playlist, a favorite beverage, or food can help ease your state of mind during a tense situation. The things that comfort every person will be different, but here are a few ideas to get you started. A favorite beverage, even if you can't make it in its usual form, a favorite beverage can be a welcome relief. Stock up on instant coffee or off-grid coffee-making supplies, dry milk, hot cocoa, and tea bags. A crisis is no time to go cold turkey on caffeine. Man, I second that. And if you are a coffee drinker or a big tea drinker or soda drinker, which you really shouldn't be, but if you are, try going without it for just one day and see what happens. Uh, you'll you'll feel the effects of it right away. So you'd almost say that uh, coffee is not a, a comfort item. It's, it's almost a necessity, um, which there's going to be a lot of cranky people during an SHTF situation if there's not, uh, or once the coffee runs out, right? All right, continuing on, a cozy blanket. Kids and adults alike enjoy cocooning under a cozy blanket. We have one like this on each of our beds. Backup lovelies. If your child has a comfort item, make sure to have a backup for it. One of my girls had a stuffed dinosaur and the other had a rag doll from which they didn't like to be parted. If you can, swap the spare out for their beloved favorite and alternate them. Uh, sorry, alternate them. If you don't, trust me, they will know. However, if you are unable to alternate them, a backup lovey is better than no lovey at all. A way to play favorite music. Load an iPod or MP3 player with, a, with favorite songs and don't forget an off-grid way to charge your player. Religious items. Add a copy of the Bible or other religious texts to your emergency kits. For many people, this is extremely comforting during a stressful time. 
Other items could include prayer beads, an item with a favorite quote, or a piece of jewelry that has deep meaning. Sentimental items. I carry my dad's engraved pocket watch. You might carry photos, an old letter, or some small item that makes you think of people you hold dear. Candy. Yes, even the organic prepper likes candy. Busted. Keep some favorites on hand. Be sure to store them properly so that you won't bite into something stale. And if you have kids, hide your stash well or it won't be there when disaster strikes. Ask me how I know. A favorite book. Do you have a book that you could read over and over? Is there a story that puts your kids right to sleep? If so, make sure to have a physical copy of your favorite reading material so you can get lost in the story during stressful times. I have a few books that I haven't read yet by favorite authors just sitting there waiting for a situation in which I need the distraction. Brand new to them toys. Speaking of distractions, try to do some stealth shopping and pick up toys at yard sales and thrift stores that will be brand new to your kids. This is particularly effective with smaller children. Comfort foods. Keep the supplies on hand to make a shelf-stable, off-grid version of favorite meals. For example, dried pasta, canned marinara sauce, and freeze-dried beef crumbles could be the basis of a spaghetti dinner. Clothes. Cozy sweatpants, warm socks, slippers, and a hoodie are a super warm and comfy way to ride out an emergency. You might have a different idea ensemble. Some comforts are debatable. I really thought about whether to add these items to the list, but depending on the family, an emergency may not be the time to try and break long-standing habits. I'll leave it up to you to judge the importance of the following items for your own crisis comfort stash. Chargers. If you have any family members who are totally addicted to their electronic devices, consider picking up some solar chargers or battery banks. Of course, you might welcome the opportunity to spend time with them electronics-free. Cigarettes. If you happen to have a family member who smokes, an emergency is going to be a pretty miserable time to run out of tobacco. So again, with the caffeine thing. And guys, if you are on cigarettes, if you are smoking, try to break that. I know there's people who have been smoking for, you know, all their adult life. And I know it's a, it's a terrible habit. Um, I know, you know, people try to break it all the time. But uh, it is it is a habit that is cutting down your lifespan, and not only that, um, it's so darn expensive. I can't I can't believe how expensive uh, cigarettes are nowadays. And so, definitely need to kick it. You you can kick it. Trust me, I know. Alcoholic beverages. You probably won't want to get plastered in the midst of an emergency, but a glass of wine or whiskey can help to settle the nerves for some folks particularly if they have a habit of indulging before bed. What about your family? Are there any particular items that you want to have on hand to soothe frazzled family members during a crisis? Are there things I missed? Share them in the comments sections below. All right, so the the tendency I know as a guy when I read something like this, or at least when I was starting out in preparedness and I read something like this, like, come on, we're going to be surviving. You know, I mean, these comfort items, blah, you don't, you don't need that junk. The, the truth of it is it makes a big difference, you know. So the, the more you're in preparedness, the more when things happen, I guess, and you start to think things through and, and maybe you are in not like an SHTF situation, but you are in uh, a situation, you know, not too long ago I wrote an article with the lights out. Uh, on the northwest side of of Houston, and um, we chose to go ahead and go to my parents' house, 
And so, you know, we, we had a kind of like a little bug out and, and but it was a, it was a time to be able to to uh, evaluate, you know, a lot of different things. And so I'll tell a little bit about my uh, what I've learned there. And so you might go through situations like that where there are times of crisis and, and you realize how important those kind of those comfort items are. So because we know those comfort items are important, it, it is, uh, you know, it's an easy fix if you can do something now to mitigate, you know, that situ- you know, that SHTF situation a little bit later on down the road. So, you know, it, it doesn't take a lot to, you know, hide some candy. It doesn't take a lot to have some spare, you know, uh, items like you know, the organic prepper Daisy was talking about, uh, lovelies, lovies, or, or, you know, your favorite blanket or your favorite stuffed animal and different things like that. Um, and those are little kids. I mean, even, you know, teenagers and stuff. You know, there's there's things uh, definitely. Can you imagine if you handed them uh, you know, something that that could play music if if it was a situation where everything was kind of gone? So something to think about and some things that you can add. Uh, you know, that might even be a good discussion question around the table. You know, if, if you were in a crisis situation, and I don't know, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of guys who prep, a lot of women who prep, and, and their families really aren't into it. But, uh, you know, you can bring it up something like, hey, what if we were in a storm? Uh, you know, those of you that are up north, uh, what if we were in a blizzard and we lost power for, you know, for three days? What is something that you would you would really want to have, something that you would really miss, something that, you know, you would want to be able to have to pass the time away? And so you can kind of make some mental notes when you talk about that kind of information and then, you know, maybe have some of those things prepared. So that's just uh, maybe something to think about. All right, so this next article comes to us from Prepper's Will. Uh, the title is Eight Must Follow Rules for Concealed Carry. And so, uh, we, you know, there's a lot of people that have uh, recently firearms were the purchases were just skyrocketing. And a lot of people are uh, choosing to conceal carry. And with that, there are some responsibilities that come into play there. So it's not you're just not carrying around, you know, you know, just uh, uh you're just not carrying around a cell phone or something like that. Uh, you're carrying around something that can uh, end someone's life. And, and not only that, there are um, definitely consequences when you pull that, that pistol, when you pull that firearm. So let's go ahead and read this uh, article by Prepper's, Prepper's Will. Eight must follow rules for concealed carry. Carrying a concealed weapon comes with responsibilities and consequences. Concealed carry is a complex subject and you need to inform yourself to stay current and stay alive. Learning about concealed carry weapon is an ongoing process and it continues even after you receive your certificate. The information in this article may be new to you or you could know all these concealed carry tips. Either way, take the time to refresh your mind and make sure you master these easy to follow suggestions. When it comes to concealed carry, there are some rules you need to follow. At the same time, there are some things you should avoid at any cost. Following these rules will help you stay prepared. Concealed carry rules to follow. Number one, select a handgun that's right for you. This is still one of the most discussed topics, and it can be quite complicated for beginners. As you should know by now, weapons are made in numerous uh, cartridge calibers. There are dozens of models for each cartridge, and you need to settle on the appropriate handgun for you. Concealed carry means you will have to make some compromises. 
you will sometimes need to sacrifice capacity, accuracy, or stopping power. You can't carry a full-size weapon because you'll never be able to fully conceal it. Get a weapon which you're comfortable with, the one you can operate under high stress and constant pressure. While reviews may help you make the right choice, you better try it firsthand. Practice marksmanship and manipulation with your concealed carry until you are certain it's the right handgun for you. Okay, just a little side note. Um, if you are out there and you don't have a pistol, you're thinking about it, and you, you're thinking about concealed carrying, or maybe you're in a state that open carries, um, you know, really try to find a, a, a range that has guns that will, or, or pistols that will allow you to try them out. Um, just don't go to the store and put one in your hand and because it's nice and small and cute. Uh, I know some teachers who have purchased you know, the, the little 380 because it's small. It, it, it kind of felt like it was okay in their hand and uh, they, they thought it was you know, a nice size that they can put in their purse. And then they go to, you know, to go fire. They go to the range and they shoot it and they feel the kick and they just, they don't like it at all. And so they made this purchase and it's just, it's, they're not going to use it. They're, you know, the, it, it, it's really not a good deal. And if it's your first time ever, you know, going to a range and shooting a pistol, um, you know, try to find someone that will ease you into it. But um, that's the best advice that I can give you if you are getting into this and you are looking for a pistol, find a range that will let you rent out pistols or, or uh, maybe even um, you know, hire someone that has different pistols and say, hey, I, I want to go out and try to find the right one for, my, you know, for the, the one that feels right for me so that I can conceal carry before I go make this purchase, this big purchase, all right? So anyway, um, traveling off on big rabbit trails there, but I think that's an important, there's so many people that have pistols that or firearms that they're not using because they just they don't feel right. They bought them at the store, then went to go shoot them, and then it doesn't work. All right, so um, it does work, but it doesn't work for them. All right, so let me clarify that. All right, number two, continuing on. Pick the right gear for your handgun. For concealed carry to work, there are three things that need to be a perfect fit. The operator, the handgun, and the holster. The holster you choose should completely conceal your handgun. Even more, you should be able to smoothly and effectively draw your gun from the holster. You will need to do a little research because some holsters may not be ideal for every body type. The holster may also be too worn to be safe and effective. When you get the right holster for your concealed carry, the next thing you want to do is practice. You should do various drawing and holstering drills from different stances. There is nothing worse than having a holster that limits your reaction time or puts you in, a dif in difficulty when drawing your weapon. Again, if you have someone who is experienced at concealed carry, uh, ask them if they have different holster types that you can try out. And then if you go to a firing range and um, you're, you're uh, drawing from a concealed uh, position or from a holstered position, make sure that they allow that because not all of them do. Number three, pay attention to the clothes you wear. The whole point of concealed carry is to carry a gun undetected and have the element of surprise. With this in mind, you should dress accordingly to maximize your advantage. Pick out clothing that doesn't draw unnecessary attention and avoid wearing tactical clothing outside the range. You should avoid making yourself look like a gunslinger. The clothing you choose should help you blend in and nobody should suspect that you are carrying. If you wear fit clothes, the contour of your holster can be outlined and people will figure it out. Ensure your clothing is loose enough to completely conceal your weapon. There are various types of holsters that will help with this issue. 
Number four, be realistic about caliber and capacity. This is another huge debate when it comes to concealed carry. Most people agree that you should have an extra magazine uh, and enough ammo to last you through a real-life shooting scenario. The problem here is that your level of accuracy counts more than you think. Under high stress, if you have to use your weapon, you won't be able to hit with every shot. Statistics show that without proper training, you are likely to get one or two rounds on target at most. The rest will be misses and this can pose a problem in a real shooting scenario. People may argue that one good hit is enough to disable one attacker. How about when you have to deal with multiple attackers? Let's say you carry a Ruger LCP with 6 plus 1 rounds and you get 5 misses. After that, you will need a kill shot. Otherwise, you might as well throw it at the attacker. Think about carrying a pistol that allows you to sustain fire and extended gun battles. Even more, always have an extra magazine with 10 or more rounds. Number 5. Remember that you're not Superman. Owning and carrying a gun can develop a psychological impact. People often have a Superman complex, an unhealthy sense of responsibility. That being said, most of them forget they are not the law enforcement and they are everything but invincible. When exposed to high-stakes situations, they will feel they need to do the right thing. For example, if you're at a gas station and you notice an armed robbery attempt, you might feel the need to do something about it. I advise you to double-check that instinct before you take matters into your own hands. First of all, you can't solve other people's problems, and second, your concealed carry is to protect you and not to enforce the law. Always look for a way out if there's one. In case a conflict can't be avoided and you have no other choice but to be involved, be prepared to act. Number six, diffuse the situation if you can. People tend to use the tools they have to get out of a tense conflict. This may become a problem when concealed carry is involved and people forget that their weapon is not always a problem solver. According to the law, it's your obligation not to aggravate the conflict and you must try to defuse the situation. You don't have to use your gun to calm down a person and you need a certain ability to control the urge to do so. Concealed carry requires a certain mindset and you shouldn't forget that you're responsible for your own actions. Stay away from rage incidents and do everything possible to avoid such situations. Pulling your gun on an unarmed citizen because he cut lanes without signaling or because he's trying to pick a fight is just a way to escalate the situation. Number seven, if possible, avoid gun-free zones. For most of us, our concealed carry is like a visa card and we don't leave home without it. If you're lucky enough to live in an area with low crime rates and well-established communities, you might not need to carry it with you. In fact, whether or not to carry your concealed weapon depends on where you are going. However, criminals do not respect the gun-free zones and they won't stay away from places where guns are prohibited. As far as concealed carry goes, if you believe a place is not safe, you should avoid it altogether, if possible. When that's not, a pos- when that's not possible and trouble arises, my honest opinion is the criminal should not be the only one who is armed. Number 8. Always have realistic expectations. Concealed carry doesn't imply that you should use your gun at some point in time. However, if you have no other alternative but to use deadly force, you should always know the law. If you are not faced with the threat of a deadly force or severe bodily injury, using deadly force to remove that threat is unjustified. When using your concealed carry without a justified reason, you could face civil and criminal liability. Even more, when you are in the right, there is still the risk of being arrested, indicted, or sued in civil court. In some states, you must retreat even from a deadly threat while others have the stand your ground law. Concealed carry requires you requires for you to know the law and learn what to do before you use your weapon, but also after you have been involved in a shooting. Final thoughts on concealed carry. 
As a general rule, concealed carry requires a proper mindset and carrying etiquette. Your gun should never be seen as a problem solver and it's better to de-escalate a conflict rather than using your concealed carry. Even more, you should acknowledge that using unjustified deadly force will bring consequences that you should prepare to handle. The gun should be under your control at all times and not the other way around. All right, so I am going to, um, that's the end of that article, but I, I'm going to suggest that you visit this uh, this uh, prepper's will. Um, of course, there's always links that you want to go and, and check out. But uh, there's a, a comment here, and I'm not going to read the comment. I'm going to let you go check that out. Uh, but I think it's you know important to 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 read, and um, or is it's an important thought. But uh, all of these all of these articles have links that you'll that you'll want to check out. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Um, I'd like to ask you if you're finding value in prep, the Prepper website podcast. If you would take a moment, if you haven't already, to go review our, 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 our the podcast on either iTunes or Stitcher. Um, you know, doing that helps, especially on iTunes. It helps to rank the the podcast, and as it starts to get reviews, it moves up. So when people people search for you know a, a keyword, it'll it'll pop up uh, a lot easier. And so you know we want to get the the message of preparedness out there to as many people as possible. So if you get a chance uh, to come by the website, come by the Prepper Website Podcast, come check out episode 22, drop me a line or hit me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Always love to hear from y'all. Guys, thanks so much for listening and we will uh, be back tomorrow if you are just needing some more prepper, uh, prepper information or prepper articles. We always have great articles on prepperwebsite.com and hey you can also sign up for the email there as well uh, and you when you sign up for the email you get the direct link i mean this is daily so you're going to get it every single day i don't spam you on any other thing um, but you'll get the direct links every single day in your email and so you can go check that out um, but uh, the, a lot of good preparedness information there as well as well as when you scroll down you're going to see tons of websites with information and all kinds of other things youtube channels other podcasts a lot of just great you know the miscellane miscellaneous category has things on 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 firearms and gardening and all kinds of stuff so there's a lot a lot of information on prepper website we've been after it for a while now so all right so uh until tomorrow guys stay prepped and aware peace